right, just a quickie before we start. Later this month, well, I am hosting a round table for maybe eight to 12 business owners in construction, tradesmen, that kind of thing. What we're going to do is you share with us what's working for you and we'll kind of work with you and show you what you need to do to fix it. It's, you've got to be very highly qualified to get in. It is not a sales presentation. Okay, so it's not a bait and switch. It is a genuine round table. But because it's going to involve a lot of my time and effort, what we're doing is we are highly qualifying people to come in. So if you do want to join us, what you need to do is email holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. Make sure you will send you a link where you'll have a couple of questions to answer. And then you have a call with Connor. And that would just be a quick 15-minute call. And he will just go through a few simple questions just to make sure you're the kind of person we actually want to spend time with. All right. Again, it's not a bait and switch. He won't be selling you anything and nor will I. But it's important we get the right people because otherwise it's going to be a waste of time. What we don't want is people going, yep, 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 yep. All right. So email Holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk and join us for the roundtable at the end of the month. Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast of smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off and on autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away, boys. Episode 46, John. So there's this podcast. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called like the London something podcast. But one of the presenters uh, on that podcast thought that wind turbines were to cool the planet down to try and counteract global warming. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, mate. That's almost like taking business advice of someone who fucking run their company into the ground to the tune of two mil. Here's the thing, right? I can't remember who it was. It may have been Richard Dawkins, but it was someone, maybe Sam Harris or someone of that ilk, someone in that stable. He was saying that there are people out there whose views on some things like global warming, like, evolution like vaccines like most of the conspiracy theorists their worldview is so different from anything rationality and reason tells you is the truth you have no common ground other than the english language left to have a conversation with them and it's pointless talking to them their view of, of the world is so wrong so outside the facts you, you don't have anywhere to start even you know you get this even on linkedin you get people who for instance they you know, Dave, the fucking warehouse manager, has been on furlough for six months watching conspiracy theorists stuff. Well, for instance, take this thing about the blood clots with the AstraZeneca vaccine as being, I know there was a problem with it. There's not, well, the fact that they have blood clots does not suggest there's a problem with it. This is protocol. What they're actually doing is exactly what these fucking conspiracy theorists say they're not doing. They are taking a rational view and a safety conscious view of the vaccine. The facts are the numbers of blood clots are fewer than we would expect in a population that size. There is some correlation, but it's like tripping up when you go out the hairdresser and saying that cutting your hair makes you fall over. You know, yeah, there's correlation, but no causality. But people will say, oh, I knew that vaccine was dodgy. They are so stupid. Now, it's done in Kruger. I mean, there's nothing else for it. It's like when, when people say things like, we know how the mind works, or we know how the LinkedIn algorithm works, that kind of thing. Or we know all about epidemiology, and then we've been, we're a warehouse manager who's been on furlough for six months. Done in Kruger effect guarantees those people know nothing about those things at all. 
And it's difficult to have a conversation with them because they are, as John Cleese would say, they are too stupid to know they're fucking stupid. And it's just a fact. You know, you can, you can piss and moan and whine and gnash your teeth about it and get all, non, or get all PC about it as much as you fucking like. Some people are just fucking stupid and their opinions ain't worth shit. Uh, I think that's fair enough. You know, they just ain't. <laughs> <laughs> they just fucking ain't. I just you know, thought we'd oh. have a chortle at it, but <laughs> that was almost <laughs> one minute hate worthy. Well, it's frustrating, you know. I mean, we see it in sales all the time. Oh, yeah, there's a, I mean, I've, got, I've got a golden rule about selling, right? And whenever I talk about it, people will deny it, they'll argue with me about it and say it can't be done like that or it's mercenary or it's greedy, all this bullshit. And the people who argue about it have no experience in sales. I saw an electrician this morning, for instance. It's not quite the same thing, but it's along the same lines. He was talking about increasing your prices. He seemed to think... But if you unilaterally put your prices up and refuse to sell at a low price, that's somehow in violation of anti-competition competition law, as if you were starting a cartel. You know, Now, a group of electricians or the whole electrical industry getting together to fix prices, yes, that's illegal. Shouldn't be, but it is. All right? But an individual contract saying, no, we will not work for that money, we will not compete on price, is not anti-competitive at all. On the contrary, it is competitive. Competition mm-hmm. is not just about fucking prices, you potato. But this guy is so stupid. So he's, he's an electrician, therefore he knows about marketing electricians' business. No. <laughs> no. Fucking no. Anyway, the golden rule of EVG selling is always demand quid pro quo. So it's now, not all that collusion. Means, hey? So it's not collusion. Not collusion, no. <laughs> quid pro fucking quo. And all it means is, really, in real terms, is make progress. Meaning you get something in return for what you give. Because look at it this way. We are in, we are all in commerce. We are all in the, about the exchange of value. You know, Unless you're one of these twonks on LinkedIn who likes to give value because you're too chicken shit and lily-livered and yellow belly to fucking sell it. We are in the business of exchanging value. We give whatever we do and we usually get money back in return. That's why we have money. It's a common medium of exchange. Now, whenever we get into a sales process, we're actually answer if we're answering questions about our clients' problems or potential clients' problems, we're giving them value. We that is worth value to them. You know, that is because what we're doing is we're helping them narrow down their focus of options to solve it. How is that not valuable? But in which case, if we're in commerce and we mean it, we should get something in a return. Now it might be money. So you might say to someone, Well, I'm not having this meeting on site with you or designing your kitchen unless you pay me. Fine. But it doesn't have to be money. It can be something else. It can be it can be a promise. So it can be something like, well, if we have this telephone call, Mike, I mean, you wouldn't say it in these words, but you know, this is what you're actually saying. This is what you mean. You know, my value is going to be my time on the phone with you. The value I want you to bring to the table is the decision maker on the phone. So we can then take it to the next step. And you can actually bake that in. You can say, well, okay, we're going to have this call, but to do that, I need this person on the on the phone, the person who makes the final decision. And at the end of the call, if I answered your questions, I want an agreement. Yes, you will agree to go to the next step or or you will tell me no. Yeah, there'll be no thinking about it. Is that okay? If they won't agree to it, you don't do it. Yeah, either's fine. Either's fine, yeah, but I, it, you have to answer. And now we've, we've talked about this before until we're fucking blue in the face. And when we're selling, you know, we, we, we used to do sales calls. I would say to people at the beginning, I would say to people at the beginning of the call, at the end of the call, if I invite you to join our group, I want a yes or a no. Is that okay? Yes, John, that's okay. Fine, you know, either, either's fine, no pressure, but I want a yes or a no. And sometimes I've got a yes, well, sometimes I get a no. I get more no's than yeses. That's fine. But thinking about it was not an option. And if you said, oh, I still need to think about it, after you've just told me you'll give me a yes or a no and I've answered all your questions, then it's a no from me because you've lied yeah. to me. And I don't, you know, 
Marcus Aurelius, if it ain't true, don't say it. And you've said it and it wasn't true. You're a liar. That's it. We done. Don't deal with liars. So always demand quid pro quo. So, you know, always be thinking, well, if I do this, if I answer this email, if I get on this Zoom call, if I go to this meeting, if I prepare this quote, if I write this, I mean, no one should be fucking doing proposals anyway. They should be called action plans because a proposal just sits there proposing, whereas an action plan actually plans some action. You know, simple copywriting trick 101 invoices in the fucking post. So... Uh, always be thinking, well, what am I getting in return? And if you're not getting something in return, that means, okay, it's not mercenary, it's not greedy, because it means you are not pushing the sale forward, which then means it is a waste of time. What is the point in having a sales conversation with someone who is not empowered to make a decision about whether or not you buy this thing? You can convince fucking Joe Bloggs on the shop floor what a great lathe this is, but if the fucking manager won't buy the cunt and install it, you wasted your time. Joe right. Bloggs has no fucking say with management of the procurement division. Well, and if he does, he needs to tell you that. By definition, it's just a pointless call or meeting. And salesmen love having pointless calls and meetings. Well, it feels good. It's like it's- I said in my last one minute hate yesterday. It's confusing activity with achievement. I had some great calls yesterday and I felt really positive. What did you you sell oh nothing nothing but how did you move the sale forward oh i, I don't know well, no, but it was really positive really enjoyable yeah so you yeah. basically took a day's wages and did no did lots of fucking busy work but made no progress you know success as our nightingale said is the worthy sorry is the progressive realization of a worthy goal you made no progress you did not go towards your goal what you did yesterday was not successful except for the fact i suppose you successfully fucked the day up why do salesmen do it though Oh, yeah, they do. Not just salesmen. I mean, you can spend all fucking day on LinkedIn posting and commenting and getting engagement. But how is that actually pushing your business forward? What they'll say is, well, it's it's building engagement. It's building trust. It's building relationships. How are you fucking measuring that? Yeah, you if it isn't increasing your sales, you're not doing that. Or you might not be doing it. If you can't measure it, then you might as well not even bother doing the thing that you can't measure because you don't know whether it's working or not. Well, salesmen are likely doing this because they don't understand what you've just said. They've got a lack of education around sales because it's a learned skill. People that there's no such thing as a born salesman. Someone no. might be charismatic, which means they they, they do well in the, sale, in the world of sales. But sales is a, is a learned skill. Yeah, absolutely. This is why it's, call centers have scripts. <laughs> Say what? This way, call centers, they have scripts, they have external oh, salesmen coming and spending sales. a day with them. The resistance I got you know, in the mentoring group, elite and things, the resistance I got from people saying you need to have a script. And I don't, I don't mean you need a verbatim script that you go to page three and say and go to line four and use that phrase. That's not what I'm talking about. It's a framework. It's yeah. a framework, a blueprint, if you like, of how how the conversation should go, of ideas, concepts, questions, directions. Yeah. Mm. And I would get so for this. Oh, no, I'm better if I don't have one. I prefer to wing it. Oh, it's, it's all bollocks. It's all, you know, they, they, salesmen have pointless calls in meetings and by extension have no direction when they do have, because they have no direction. That's why they're pointless. They do that because the one they don't know they're supposed to or how to, and that they are afraid. They're afraid of, mm-hmm. of confronting this fact that this might not be a yes. This could be a no. Mm-hmm. That's just a fucking yeah. ego problem. Yeah. So much comes down to ego. Yeah. Well, when you shed the ego, 
life becomes a lot better. Well, the thing is, have you noticed this before where uh, very occasionally in the group we'll get someone saying, I've got this really big opportunity with the prospective client. And yeah. they will lose sleep over this one client. And, uh, the, you know, we're not, we're not talking about make or break clients where the business is about to go tits up and actually need it. It's just a big, it's a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they are so fearful about losing it. And mm-hmm. why? Why be fearful about something you cannot control and barely even influence? All you yeah. can do in all of these things is you can do your best. So when you have this, this you know, you're demanding quid pro quo, it boils down to having a process, a sales sequence, a sales script, a framework. And you, you work the framework so you don't have these pointless calls and meetings. And then sometimes you'll get a yes and sometimes you'll get a no. And if you let go of the need to get a yes, the, you know, if you completely let go of the, the emotion inherent in, in the getting the answer, you get, you'll do much better. Apart from anything else, you'll negotiate better too because you're not involved, you're not invested rather in the outcome. What you've just said there is not far off how we recommend people start automating their sales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to start off by clearly defining all of the steps. Well, first and foremost, you have to recognize that every business needs to have a sales system. And then once once you acknowledge that, you then have to identify the key parts to the sales system. And then ultimately, when it comes down to the song and dance and asking the the girl if she fancies a dance in the nightclub, uh, (laughs) you have to have the orchestrated choreography in that environment. Yeah, but this, this makes me laugh. I mean, have you read, I know, you know you're aware of it, but let me turn this light on. Have you read the book, Work the System by Sam Carpenter? Yes. Just for the listeners and the watchers, Sam Carpenter is, he write, he's written the book, Work the System. It's a good book to read. And it basically started with him running a call centre. He owned the call centre. And it was running him ragged. He was, his nervous breakdown waiting to happen. And he was having to put his own money in, struggling to make bank at the end of the month to pay his staff and all the rest of it. And he had an epiphany when he realized that his business was just essentially a set of processes. And he then went to the nth degree and everything was, even to the extent of they had a process for turning on the computer in the morning. And they had various rules saying anyone, anyone can interrupt a process and demand a change or that kind of thing. You, know, you read the book, you, you get the full story. It's, it's freely available on his website it's called Work the System. Has Holly read it? I think so. If she's not, she should do. But yeah, the thing is, <clears throat> where people often fall down is, they see sales, even more than marketing, they see sales as being something off to one side. It cannot be scripted. It cannot be written down as a process because it's all about the gift of the gab and winging it. And that, again, comes down to fear. It's fear of rejection. Sales, in just the same way as any other part of your business, turning on the lights, making a cup of tea, is a repeatable process and can and should be specified in steps and written down. The idea being anyone with minimal training can pick up that document and go into a sales meeting and do a sale, make a sale. If the process is written properly, anyone can do it. You don't need a very highly trained salesman or woman. You might need someone who's perhaps trained in the sense they are used to that to the the, the to and fro and then they won't get nervous and the rest of it. that's a different thing. But the skills actually required for the asking the questions, giving the answers, asking for the sale, orchestrated choreography, anyone can and should be able to take those steps from a script pretty much cold and make the sale. If they can't, you've not done your work properly. Yeah. It's, it's that simple because most people won't fucking do it. And the crying shame is, right, it's, it ain't that complicated because if you're a, if you're a plumber or a bathroom seller in store, I beg your pardon, your range of sales is very narrow. You only need one fucking sales script. It's not like you're selling hundreds and hundreds of different things. You, know, you don't need fucking massive product knowledge of everything. People say you, you've got to understand the product. That's not necessarily true. You've got to understand the problem more than the product and know whether or not the product can solve the problem. 
but you don't have to understand every fucking in and out of it. It's like when you go and buy a car. A salesman does not have to know every fucking last nut and bolt of the motor you're about to buy. It helps if he does, if if, if, if the um, the client in front of them may be technically inclined and has specific questions, but that's not the thing that's going to move the sale forward. Uh, no, well, the salesmanship is going to be the thing. Often punters will ask those questions out of their own ego, though, just, just to demonstrate, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah. the salesman's answer often is irrelevant. It might be, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not sure. We can find out actually if it's that important. Ah, I don't mind. I just wondered. You yeah, know, fucking, that's often what fucking, it is. Fucking wide boy just wants to assert his male fucking bollocks. Yeah, just wants to twerk. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So that's what it comes down to, orchestrated choreography. And as we said yesterday, you know, you are better off having a decent sales system than a better than a good marketing system and no sales system. Yeah. Because leads you can get from almost anywhere. Yeah. But getting leads with no, no ability to sell, you are... You can just stumble across sales opportunities. There's opportunities yeah. everywhere. Or when when you're an accomplished salesman, you start to spot sales opportunities. Yeah, Because yeah, it's I mean, just a series of patterns. If you've got a great marketing system, but no no way to sell, and you just throw fucking traffic at your whatever it is, business, you're fucked. And it, it is, it's just a series of patterns. That's all it is. Leading up to the sale during, yeah. It's the reason Facebook, uh, with Facebook ads, you used to be able to target uh, likely to make a uh, purchase above 50 grand in the next 60 days because they demonstrate a series of patterns and behaviours. <laughs> yeah, and all you have to work out is your own choreography. It's not hard. It's not it's hard. to go for a dance reel, I suppose. <laughs> I still can't believe you used that as an example. It really tickled me. Is this a podcast from the 19-fucking-20s? <laughs> Next you'll be saying, well, when you proposition a girl to paint her like one of your French girls, as one does. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? What's the fuck wrong with you using, uh, fucking asking a bird for a dance as an example? Well, I, mean, I never used to do it. I can't fucking dance. I've got three left feet. You've watched too many films, mate. Too many rom-coms. You want to? I tell you, you're a fucking brave 500 miles away, aren't you? Cunt. Yeah, so are you, giving it the big and. Oh, 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 oh you yeah, it works mate. both ways. We're both behind the camera. Prick. You fucking wait, mate. You, yeah, you when I fucking see, wait. when I see you in October, I'm gonna fucking rape your ass. When you see me in October and you come for me, I'll just hold my hand out against <laughs> your head and you'll be swinging underneath like I do with my little brother. <laughs> fucking brave. Then you get on my knees and suck my cock. You'll be like, I'm yeah, sorry, Connor, I'm sorry. Tear out and your fucking just, gizzard and shit in the hole, mate. Then just like Vicky, I'll give you a huge load and make you late for a meeting. <laughs> you gave Vicky a huge load, did you? I'm going to ask her about that. Okay, you know what? Yeah. Connor thinks he gave you a huge load. Don't tell the missus or Kevin. Or Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't know. Rehypnol's really good these days. It's probably not the right climate to be making those sort of jokes, but fuck it, I don't care. I've got a sneeze coming. Anyway. Well, ultimately, John, it doesn't matter what happens between me and Vicky because age is just a number, so we can be together. Oh, very, very smooth leading to the one-minute hate, Alice. <laughs> I, I, I I, get this shit. I see this shit a lot because just of my Instagram profile. I've got a lot of fit pros on my Instagram following thing I, I follow. I'm deleting them as I go through, but should we start? So it's all about age is just a number, correct? Yeah. All right, let me get the timer ready for you. Are you ready? I'm always ready, big boy. I can't do you. I'm always ready, big boy. Oh, God.
Right, people who say age is just a number, fucking every fit pro under the sun has said it, I'm sure. Age is not just a fucking number. Age is a biological process, and as far as we're aware, it is unstoppable and cannot be reversed. It can be slowed down sometimes to some extent. But if age was just a fucking number, then we would have arbitrary large numbers of arbitrarily old people walking around. We would have 1,000-year-old Romans, sorry, 2,000-year-old Romans walking around. We would have people of 500 years old just wandering around the fucking countryside. But we don't. We don't have anyone over about 110 or 120. Why? Because age is not just a fucking number. We get born, we grow old, we fucking die. It's all about your cells and dividing and telomeres and fucking all that kind of shit. All the kind of shit that stupid people won't understand because they're stupid. Now, always waving his hands at me. So what that means is we're coming to the end of it. Old people get old, they die. There's no way to avoid it. That's it. Age is not just a fucking number. <laughs> I like how you stopped and went, oh, he's waving my hand, his hands at me. <laughs> anyway, really involved and special. You are. <laughs> I am involved and special. God. Anyway, wrap it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, if you, you want to make money, yes, we did smash it. Fucking smash, 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 smash. So, because anyway, just, if you want just, to attract, just, just for the listener who made it this far, we did both podcasts back to back because Marvin's going on a on a trip somewhere. Yeah. Marvin. Yeah, Holly in disguise. That's Holly. You know, for the listener, there is no Marvin. I'm fucking sure. I'm convinced Marvin is actually Holly. Because I've never seen Holly and Marvin in the same room together at the same time. In fact, I've never seen anything from Marvin. I've never seen an email from Marvin. I just see the money leave the bank. Yeah, into Holly's account. No, so I'll give it to Marvin. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, then, yeah. Fake PayPal and Holly, why are you driving a Porsche? <laughs> oh, Marvin bought it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, well, wrap it up, wrap it up. If you want to attract better clients, sell some higher fees and have them all delivered to you in a pipeline which itself is filled and replenished and kept full by automated systems working in the background, hands off and an autopilot, what you need to do is go to ottpodcast.co.uk and avail yourself of our free resources so you'll be attracting better clients and all that kind of shit, making more money, less work. Let's have slap your headaches. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, please do not think that age is just a number and do not shift many fingers. Goodbye. Goodbye, you are the weakest link.